G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. It's great to have you here listening into this episode. My name is Lockie and I'm the host of this experience and it's my job to help us guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow your faith all throughout the week. And this week's podcast is actually a bit different and you'll need to check out Beyond at Home for this week. So you can go to Beyond Church's YouTube or Facebook and look at that because we have a special guest giving their story, a bit of a testimony. uh, And this episode kind of unpacks that a bit more as Chris and I talk about what it looks like to have resilience. Well, Chris, so it's great to have you here. And you know what? I'm going to kind of handball you the uh, the lead for this podcast because my voice is not doing too well. Um, it's not sickness related. Why is your voice not doing so well, Lucky? Uh, the footy. We're in, okay. we're in the finals for AFL. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, disclaim Beyond Church does not support uh, one single team. So I'm not going to put any kind of bias of my club. Or a single, yeah. or a single code, or a single code, exactly. So I'm just going to leave it at at the footy. But it was a great night. My team won comprehensively, and uh, <laughs> so much so comprehensively that you, you your voice is starting to go. I love it. Yeah, I know. It's okay. We will we will push on forward because we've got a great episode today. Um, part three, fight for it, which is what the opposition didn't do last night. Uh, sorry, I will leave it at that. That's that's the last football reference I will make. We'll just move forward from here. Um, oh, we'll a awesome. great conversation with Kate at Beyond a Home. Um, Chris, would you mind just filling in the listeners if, if they missed that episode of Beyond at Home uh, this week? Yeah, so if you haven't checked it out, I'm sure Lockie will put a link to in the show notes to our YouTube. Um, but yeah, really, really, um, Kate's conversation, <clears throat> we wanted to give people a little bit of a glimpse into what it looks like to fight for it. And I don't know what your experience has been, Locke, but a lot of mine is that when I hear stories of people bouncing back, um, it always seems to be these just stories that they're awesome and they're really, really cool, but I think they'd be like made into a movie and I just cannot ever relate to them, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the one that springs to mind, which is a terrible example, so I apologize in advance, but like the Lance Armstrong story before he, everyone found out he was a drug cheat, you know, like you know, testicular brain cancer, all, all like all the different types of cancer then comes back and wins seven tour de France. That's the kind of stories <laughs> that I hear when people are like, yeah, I just bounced back from it. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, for me personally, I was like, wow, a lot of us in life don't ever face though, those sorts of movie type challenges we have or disruptions we have to bounce back from. But a lot of us face, um, very very common disruptions but when we're going through it it seems like we're the only people going through them and so Kate was brave enough um, and vulnerable enough to share her story about uh, how um, a little bit of emotional or not a little bit a fair bit of emotional abuse um, during her childhood and um, how she's able to bounce back from that and um, also how she's able to help others um, bounce back uh, as a result of that disruption walk through a lot with uh, a number of other people who have, who have felt and have experienced something very, very similar. 
That's so cool. And Kate is an absolute champion of the Beyond community. Uh, we really value her. Just want to give her a shout out because she's a, a connect group leader. She's around the place, a real, um, real champion of, of our community. So uh, it was great to showcase her. And I guess um, just that idea of her being relatable, uh, having a story that you can go, wow, that's, um, that isn't a superhero or, or uh, you know, whatever you want to call the, the movie stars. Um, that's someone I can, I can really relate to and see myself in their, in their shoes. Um, so I think that was a great conversation to hear. And I, I like that we didn't go for a, for a sports star or a mother Teresa. We actually picked someone in our own backyard who can just share an incredible story. Yeah. Cause so, people need to realize that, that their individual struggles can become their superpower. You know, you don't have to write a book about it. You don't have to do a podcast about it. Um, but the struggle or the disruption you've gone through can actually make you a superhero to someone um, and you can change um, impact their life uh, for the better because of what you've gone through. So good. So this podcast is going to look a, a bit different to the, uh, the previous beyond the messages because we didn't really do a sermon on the weekend. It was more of a conversation. So we're going to unpack potentially some of the, or, you know, build on that conversation, unpacking the scripture that Kate mentioned, and then we're going to get right into some really, uh, really great application points that you can take into your week. So uh, Chris, two Corinthians, chapter one, verses three to seven. I don't expect you to know it off the top of your head, um, but w- what does it say or what is it? Why, why did Kate bring it up and, and why is it relevant for this conversation? Yeah, so for people who don't know, the church in Corinth is um, just not what you would expect of a church. Uh, to paint the picture, it was in a... Um, it was there, there was a term that other people in that day would refer to the Corinthians that that was a verb. It was called to Corinthianize because they were just um, into all sorts of weird sexual stuff. They were into all sorts of gluttony. It was just a weird culture. And so if someone was doing something dodgy, people would be like, oh, you're Corinthianizing um, just because of all the weird stuff that was going on. One really prevalent example is that um, there was a temple in Corinth that had close to what historians think probably a thousand temple prostitutes. And so Paul started this local church in Corinth, people starting to follow Jesus. And then some of their old habits creep back in and people go off to this temple of Artemis to have sex with the temple prostitutes. Cause they're just like, Oh, that's just normal. That's just what we do. Right. Uh, and Paul's got to explain to them, actually guys, I know your culture is so perverted and depraved. Um, that's not normal. And that's, uh, that's not what happens when you're a Jesus follower. And so that's the kind of church that Paul is speaking into. They were um, at one point celebrating um, communion or the Lord's supper. And um, they were just getting wasted on communion wine. Like this is just a wild, wild church. What a place to start a church. I love that. Just like that, just that reflection of like, Oh, where should we start a church? It's not like, wow, this is a great suburb um, yep. and will be received really well. It's like, let's go for that place where there's all that crazy stuff happening. I just love that, that thought that Paul was willing to actually go into that area in the first place. Yeah. And so there was a whole bunch of wild stuff that was happening um, in Corinth. Then it, it just meant that, you know, uh, things that we would probably look at in our culture, our culture would be like, I can't believe they did that. Paul just had to navigate that. And so right at the start, kind of, as you mentioned, chapter one, starting at verse three, Paul, Paul writes this, he says, um, praise be to God, the father and, uh, 
God, God to the, well, let me start again. He says, praise be to God, the father, God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and God of all comfort. And so Paul's kind of making a reference there that God is someone who wants to comfort us in the midst of our affliction in the midst of the challenges um, that we're going through. And often, you know, if some of our listeners are thinking of times in their life when, when they've been comforted, they might kind of be like, Oh, well, you know, when has God directly comforted, comforted me? Often God uses other people to comfort us. And there's often times I can think uh, some of our listeners can probably think of disruptions they've embraced. The things that got them through were actually people that God placed in their life. Yeah. It's um, real tangible. Cause like, Oh God comforts me. How, what does that even look like? How do you even begin to feel or explain that? Um, yeah. And so often it's through people. Um, and so and then he kind of carries on. He says, who comforts us in all our troubles. But then Paul adds this part, which I think, it's something that we often miss in our culture. He, and he writes, so that, in other words, like you don't just get comforted so that, you know, you'll be fine, but there's actually a purpose in, in someone comforting you so that then we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That's awesome. It's like the, uh, it's like paying for a coffee at the, uh, you know, paying for your coffee and the person behind you at the checkout, right? That's the kind of image 100%. I get in my head of like, you're paying it forward. It's like that movie, pay it forward. Um, you know, maybe a really Christian kind of concept um, as we see here. Yeah. And I love how Paul kind of, cause you know, we've been talking about disruptions and often, you know, the things that we feel like we have to bounce back from, we can kind of look at them in the middle and kind of be like, Oh, why God, why? But Paul actually says that if you're being comforted, those words, so that they, they kind of allocate purpose to what you're experiencing. So Paul's saying, Hey, the reason you're being comforted is a purpose. And the purpose of that is, uh, is because God gives comfort for you, but it's, he does that so you can give comfort and you can provide comfort for others. Uh, And then he kind of continues on. He says, for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, because Paul knew about suffering, right? Um, he'd been bitten by a snake. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been left for dead. Like he had a rough trot. Yeah. He had a, he had a rough time. Paul knew how, what suffering meant. Um, and he said, so our comfort abounds through Christ. He goes on, he says, if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And, um, Patient endurance is what resilience is. The suffering feels like it will last forever when we're in the middle of it. But sometimes to become a a patiently resilient person, you actually have to go through suffering. The, um, The hard thing about resilience is you can't develop it unless you go through something that causes you to be resilient or develop that endurance in the first place. And, um, and then he finishes this. He says uh, by saying this, he says, our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. So in other words, he's saying like our hope's secure, like the, the end is secure and you're going to be okay. And we're going to be able to get through this together because we're going to comfort each other. And then we're, our comfort is going to have a purpose and we're going to be able to comfort others in the future. Yeah, that's so good. What do you think that text, like, is, is that relevant today? Because you, you mentioned it's in the context of this 
temple, uh, you know, a lot of prostitutes, a lot of crazy things going on in this, in this church, um, you know, 2000 years ago, what's the relevance today and how is that text going to actually help us to build resilience in our lives now? Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think we can just learn, even if we take that scenario away of what was happening in Corinth, you could, you could hand someone a piece of paper with those words written on it. And I, and that would apply to their situation and our situations as well. I think the principles underpinning it don't change. Um, but in terms of some really practical ways um, that we can bounce back, I think the first thing that this text shows and also what Kate's story shows is um, you can't bounce back alone. Mm. Like I, I hear so often and it really frustrates me a little bit is, you know, when people are, going through or facing something in their life, like all of a sudden they just don't respond to texts and they just don't respond to Facebook messages and you try and Instagram them or whatever. And they don't pick up the phone call. And it's like, Oh, sorry. I was just, I was just having a bit of a, you know, uh, things have been challenging at the moment. So they, they run almost like run away or disconnect or, un, you know, unplug in an unhealthy way. Um, and they're always like, Oh, I just had to like sort some stuff out for me. And uh, a lot of the time I ask and I, I wonder why, because oftentimes it's, well, if you got yourself into the, into this challenge, what makes you think you can get yourself out of it? Mm. Like, and so really Paul's kind of saying that here is, Hey, you can't bounce back alone. Like you actually need other people to comfort you. Yeah. And God actually uses other people to comfort you. I feel like we just wired for community and uh, the church is to encourage and leverage that. Not, not, push people away from that. Um, you know, at beyond, we always say that, uh, we grow in circles, not in rows. Uh, we want people's lives transformed in a circle of people, not in a row. So you're never going to turn up to, well, not, not, you know, not our church. And, uh, you might be inspired by the speakers. You might have a great time hearing the worship band. The hosts might uh, make you laugh. And then, you know, Chris might blow your socks off with a great message. Uh, but we believe that we, we want you to have life transformation, in a community of people. So that's why we point people to connect groups. Um, so I feel like that's a, just a great place to start an application of, you know, not, not bouncing back alone. Um, definitely with a trusted friend, uh, definitely with, with mentors. Um, but ideally in a, in a community surrounded by people who, who have your best interests and who can really fight for you as well alongside the, the battle that's going inside of you. And I think one caveat to that is that um, just because it's important, to not bounce back alone doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it feel, it doesn't mean it's fun to share some of the weaknesses or some of the, the things that you feel like are, are really challenging you at the moment. It's not fun to do that and to be that and to be vulnerable. Uh, but I guarantee you, you know, I really can't think of a time in my life where I've shared that with a trusted friend or um, with someone in connect or something. And someone's gone, Oh wow. I cannot relate to that at all. Mm. You know? Yeah. Off the top of my head, a hundred percent of the time I've shared that when I've been struggling, it's always been like, Oh yeah, no, actually I can, I can totally relate to that. Or like I went through something very, very similar. Mm. Here's how I, and so I just think that feeling of, oh, I don't want to share this is, um, it's a defense mechanism, but it's not a helpful defense mechanism with yeah. us. You know? Yeah. I, it takes me back. I think when I first got to beyond and, and Riley was doing a message and one of the, the lines it still gets me was, I think something like you impress people with your strengths, 
um, but you connect through your weaknesses. Yeah. Um, and what you just mentioned there about sharing and then people going actually connecting with that. Oh, mm-hmm. that's what I find um, is really important. By the way, Chris, can you hear the bird? Can you hear that? Yeah, it's a crow. It's out my window. Is that, oh, I was working out whose place it's at. It sounds like it's under your desk, honestly. No, I, I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, no, it's a crow. It's um, It must be checking out my fresh grass. Oh, it's a, it's a great lawn you've got going on there. Oh, um, but great. yeah, like I think th- there's, a, there's a picture that, that pops into my mind talking about that, that idea of you can't bounce back alone is because I, I do think it's actually natural for us to kind of be like, oh, I don't want to share. I don't want to be vulnerable. Um, and for people who are maybe like word picture people, this idea might be helpful is like, so a lot, long, long time ago when I used to play in goals as a goalkeeper, there's this natural tendency, right? When anyone, when anyone kicks a ball at you from close range, um, or when anyone, uh, kind of, and you like, there's this natural tendency to just kind of just do this reflex where you kind of pull your head back and try and like, um, get out of the way effectively when you're playing a game of football, and, uh, and you're sliding out as a goalkeeper to collect the ball, you actually have to override that defense mechanism or else you put yourself in a dangerous position. Because what happens is if you, as you're sliding out along the ground with your hands extended, where you want your head is actually beneath your arms because it kind of protects mm. you. The problem is if you do the natural defense mechanism, your head pops up above your arms and what's right there? Someone's foot, someone's knee, and it comes over the top. Mm. So similar to how you have to train yourself to override that defense mechanism to keep your head down so you actually stay safe. In life as well, when we're going through these things, we have to train ourselves to actually make ourselves uncomfortable because that's actually when we can have people help us bounce back. Mm. Well, that's so good because I think the the second point or application point we've got here is is the exact same, just the opposite effect. Uh, is that others can't ba- bounce back without you, that mm. you um, are the key in someone else's journey. You know, I, I love hearing people's stories that they go, oh, when, when they come uh, on the other side of a really tough time and they go, gee, I couldn't have done it without this person. Um, and imagine being that person. Like imagine that, mm. that some people would actually look at you and go, wow, they stuck by me and not just, you know, not just to hang around, but they actually helped me. They had the hard conversations. They got me through it. Um, I think that is just such a rewarding part of, of being a Christian, being in community that we actually get to be that person. Um, but yeah, those two points just go hand in hand. Oh, they do. And I think one of the challenging things is we all love to hear the end of the story and it sounds great to hear the end of the story, but the reality is going through it is often not, not that fun. And I think, so if you want to, you know, others can't bounce back without you. That's a hundred percent true, but you need to first go through that so you can help others go through that as well. So too good. Hit us with number three, Chris. I'm liking this, the look of this application point. I reckon yeah. uh, three and four, we're going to hammer it home. Yeah. So number three is that somebody needs your struggle. So someone, someone needs to know what you've been through and that you've made it through it. Similar to like I sort of said in part one, like all the, the part, the first part of the application is and we all sort of feel like, Oh my goodness, like, how am I going to solve this? How am I going to fix this? I have to try and do it myself, but we don't know how to figure it out. Oftentimes when we share, then someone kind of goes, Oh, actually I've been through something similar. Or I've, I know how to navigate that or here, let me help you through it. And so in those times, somebody needs your struggle. Someone need, like I need 
I needed in those moments, the struggles of others when they'd bounce back to help me navigate. And the same is true for us is that we want to bounce back because there will be a time where someone will need the struggle that we've gone through and we'll Mm -hmm. be able to help journey them through that. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, I'm definitely not going to share any details, but Chris, it just takes me back to Tuesday this week, sitting around your dining table and just having a conversation about, about life. And Mm. that helped me um, hearing some of the things that you've been through in your personal career, whatever, you know, all that, those kind of things Mm. as a trusted mentor and friend like that, that was incredibly helpful for my stage of life for what I'm going through for the job I have Mm. um, for being newly married. Like I really appreciated that. It wasn't, you wouldn't maybe call it wisdom. It was just maybe storytelling and sharing. It was just sharing life experience. Yeah. That's it. There wasn't um, these kind of tweetable quotes that was like, Oh wow, I needed that. It was just the, the rawness of like, Hey, this is what I went through. And that helped me. That helped me to go the next day to go, yep, I'm, I'm ready to keep going to, to keep pushing forward with that. So, no, I, I appreciate that. And oh, that's glad I'm glad it helped. Mate, it was too good. Because number four, <laughs> that's, this, is, this is exactly, I feel, this is just going to really um, oh, finish strong uh, with number four. We kind of mentioned it before. Uh, we started with it. But number four, your suffering can be your superpower. Um, yeah. But, what does what well, that even mean? Come on. Yeah, well, I think um, Kate really kind of epitomized that in what in what she was sharing when she shared this story of um, how she was actually able to journey through um, that difficult situation in the workplace and then end up leading her friend or that work colleague to Jesus in the end is your suffering is actually, um, it makes you who you are. It's not who you are, but it's part of your story. And it allows you to help others in a way that only you can. Um, and one of the, one of the things that didn't make it into, uh, the message, cause I just thought that the way Kate finished it, um, was so great. Um, I cut this part out, but Victor Frankel, who a lot of people may have heard of, a lot of people may have not heard of, he's a Holocaust survivor. He, he wrote a couple of books. Um, the most famous is man's search for meaning. Um, and so, um, what, what he says is your suffering ceases to be suffering the moment it finds meaning. And, um, and I shared that with Kate and I said, you know, how does that sit with you? And she was like, no, 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 I, I can years, you know, 20 years on, I can definitely see that. And I can definitely agree with that, that the things that I went through fade into the background when I'm able to sit across the table from someone and have a coffee with them and, and able to help them navigate um, through. And I think that's really what my hope is. And I think what God's hope is as well, for people with this series is that, um, you know, your life in general is meant to help others and God wants to help you build your resilience so that you can help others fight for it and bounce back. That's so good. And, and just to close, Chris, what would you say to someone who's suffering at the moment? And, uh, you know, suffering can take all forms of things. You might be feeling overworked. You might be trying to pump out 60 hours of work in a week um, could be going through a relationship breakdown or a family breakdown. Uh, I, I, we could, we could listen for forever, but you know, if you're listening, you know what it feels like to suffer, mm. to feel like you're struggling, to feel alone. Um, for someone who is going through something right now and feels like they're in the midst of a season of, gee, this is hard. I don't know if I'm going to get through. What, what would you say 
and how would you kind of give a bit of just inspiration to help, you know, not necessarily like inspirational, motivational talk or anything like that. Um, but you know, how, how can we help just someone who is today listening to this, um, struggling right now? Yeah. Well, I think one, one, the one thing that I would say is I think, and I, I'm not sure if I was sharing this with you on Tuesday or not lock, but there's this story right at the start in, in the biographies we have of Jesus's life when Jesus is about to begin his ministry and he gets baptized and he gets sent out into the desert um, to be tempted by Satan. And I think a lot of us in our lives, we think of times in our life when we, you know, Christians are really great at calling these like desert experiences, or I was wandering (laughs) in the wilderness or I felt so dry and I felt so barren. But, but what's so interesting is when you actually look at how the desert is used in scripture is the Israelites were walking in the desert, but God still provided for their needs all that time. You know, um, when Jesus went into the desert, it was actually his place of biggest strength because he could get away from the distractions and from the noise that was, um, that inhibited him from connecting with God. And so when Satan came to challenge him, he was actually at his strongest, not at his Mm -hmm. weakest. And so I think one helpful thing for people who are in the midst of suffering, and it's going to sound cliche. It's going to sound like, of course, a pastor would say that. Um, But I think the question you can ask is instead of asking God to rescue you from the desert, just ask, Hey God, what do you want to teach me in the desert? And just simply be looking for things that God can teach you in the midst of the challenging circumstances that, that you're going through at the moment. And that could be a whole array of things. You know, it could be God saying, Hey, well, I want you to trust me a little bit more than you trust your paycheck. You know, I want you to find your identity and worth in me. Then you find it in other people. You know, it could be a whole bunch of things, but just ask that question. Instead of saying, Hey God, hit the eject button. I don't want to feel any more pain anymore. Ask God, what are you trying to teach me? Or what do you want me to learn mm-hmm. in this? In that this wasn't moment? too cliche. You did well. That wasn't too bad. You know, I, I've heard worse. I thought you were going to say, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Uh, or it's oh. about the climb. A bit of Miley Cyrus. You know, I, I thought it was... You, you hyped it up to be, uh, yeah, to be worse. It was great. It was actually okay. really positive. I think that's such a good message for everyone to hear. Um, one that probably is not talked about enough. Yeah. So good. Well, we fought for it. Part three. We did. We did. Done and dusted. That's another series. Um, another series done. Actually, what is exciting, I heard, just to finish up, we are at even levels now with the Aussie Church Leadership Podcast. Aussie Church Leader Podcast, Ooh. sorry. And yeah, right. the BTM, exact same number of episodes, one on so a monthly next, and one's weekly. So next week we have the great collision. Also, ne- is this episode 26 or 27? This is 27. So Seven. is it 27? Next, next week you'll surpass the Aussie church leaders in number of episodes. There you go. But the Aussie church leaders is monthly. So that's monthly. a, uh, yeah, that's just a long, next week, podcast. Next week, brand new message series or collection of conversations i'm so excited can you give us talking yeah two second intro yeah so i think what we're going to be looking at is you know when you grow up and you kind of wish you could write a note back to your former self and kind of go like hey when you go through this season here's some actual advice Mm -hmm. that will be helpful um we're going to have a yeah two weeks where we're going to give us some actual pieces of advice that 
a lot of us probably missed growing up or didn't have growing up. And, uh, and we're going to talk about it and we're going to write a note to ourselves that we can action now. So good. Well, thank you once again for jumping on the podcast, Chris. It's great to have you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Are you on next week? We'll see Riley. We're going to see Riley next week. Riley. And then you got Jason. And then Jason, you're on a holiday. Enjoy it. And then I'm back for Be Rich. Incredible. I love that time of year. Well, we'll see you for Be Rich, but we'll enjoy Note to Self. We'll try and enjoy it without you, Chris. Can't promise anything. I'm sure you will. (laughs) Too good. We'll see you later. See you, mate. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Beyond the Message podcast. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and make sure if you haven't already to check out last week's Beyond at Home uh, to give some more context behind this episode. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.